Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Midcurrent. Really glad to have you here. My name is Stan. I'm the pastor here. Before we get started, let me just say uh, thanks to Brian. I love that song, Still in Control. I've been listening to it um, really this summer is when I first said, hey, Brian, what do you think is tuned? Great reminder, just for me at least, um, that we can have peace inside. We can have confidence because our God is still in control. So I'm glad we had a chance to sing that uh, this morning. Glad you could be here for it. Glad you could be here for week number two. Uh, in our series called I'm In. I've got some good news for everybody here today. Uh, whether you knew it or not, you're in. Uh, you are in. And if you're wondering exactly uh, what that means or if you're wondering what exactly it is that you are in for, uh, that's what this series is all about. So I'm glad you could be joining us today. I'm glad you could be uh, joining us online if you're tuning in as well. This whole series is really just designed uh, to help you to understand uh, to help you uh, remember maybe, maybe to help you discover for the very, very first time uh, what it is that is true about you and maybe most importantly what it is that, that God sees uh, in you. Uh, the big ideas for this series were inspired by a few different places. Number one, Life Church in Edmond, uh, Oklahoma there, a pastor named Craig Rochelle who's been uh, incredibly encouraging uh, and influential in, in my life. And number two, uh, this series was uh, inspired by some thoughts and some uh, um, interview actually with a Manhattan pastor uh, and author named Timothy Keller. And uh, it was actually after 30 years of uh, ministry in Manhattan that Timothy Keller uh, concluded uh, that in today's post-Christian world, post-Christian meaning uh, it's no longer just the norm, it's no longer you know, just assumed um, that all people just kind of operate with some basic set of Christian principles or some basic set of you know, kind of Christian foundations, right? So Timothy Keller has concluded that in today's kind of post-Christian uh, world, the universal meaning of life, it's no longer this kind of sense that, hey, I, God, God wants us to be a good person. No, the universal meaning, the universal goal in life, he would say, from what he's experienced, uh, the universal goal is to create an identity all on your own, of your own uh, choosing, right? To create your own identity and do it free from the guilt or the pressure or the expectation uh, to be who anyone else says that you need to be. And the truth is we're absolutely free uh, to do that. The challenge is when we do that, right? The challenge is creating an identity all on our own, creating an identity of our own choosing. I would say it's extremely exhausting and it's actually quite exclusive, uh, most of the time. It's exclusive because in order to hold yourself up as a, as a model citizen or as, and as an exemplary citizen, right, you inevitably have to hold someone else down in order to keep yourself up. And it's exhausting, maybe most, uh, most of all, because you have to work really, really, really hard to be the person that you have determined you want to be, to keep up the image that you have decided you are going to create for yourself. Number two, you have to oftentimes defend yourself, uh, against all the other people who don't think you are representing you all that well or representing all the people like you. So it's exhausting. It's hard work. And so here is where I think Timothy Keller uh, is so brilliant, right? Throughout each shifting uh, trend and throughout each generation that, that he's uh, experienced over the past 30 years, and he's been observing and, and pastoring a really uh, diverse group of people in Manhattan, ethnically, socioeconomically, spiritually. Uh, he, here's what he's so good at doing. He's so good uh, at speaking to people about what is so good about the good news 
of Jesus. And so when it comes to identity, right, in this, this big kind of, you know, trend right now to create our own identity, when it comes to identity, here's what he would say is so good about the good news of Jesus. That identity found in Jesus is the only identity that is received, not achieved. Right? It's the identity that we find in Jesus that is the only identity that is actually just a gift to us. It is, it is received, not achieved. Right? We don't have to work for it. Right? Even if you're not 100% sure of this Jesus thing yet, for me, I don't know, there's got to be some appeal to that. There's got to be something comforting uh, knowing that there is an identity out there to be claimed that you don't have to, uh, to, to work for or earn or achieve or, or, or scrape and claw and, and, and fight to, to kind of create and maintain all on, your, all on your own. And this identity is the identity that we receive from Jesus. And so that's what I want to uh, talk about in this series that we are in. There's four things in particular that I want you to know are true about you. Four truths I want you to know about how it is that God sees you. Uh, and all of them start with the letters I am. Okay, the first was this. I'm invited, right? Last week, we, we talked about the idea that you are invited into God's family. When we looked at Jesus' life on earth, uh, we realized that Jesus actually invites the people that others constantly overlooked and, and rejected, right? So we have to know uh, we are invited. You are invited into God's family. This week, we're going to talk about the reality that you are invaluable to God's work uh, next week, uh, we'll talk about the reality that you are influential for God's glory. In week four, when we close this series, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the reality that you are invested into God's kingdom, right? You are invited. You are invaluable. You are influential, and you are invested. Today, I want to talk about the reality um, that you are invaluable to God's Work. And just to be very, very clear here so that nobody walks away confused or, or nobody's thinking, wait, what exactly is he saying? Invaluable, it does not mean not valuable, right? It actually means just the opposite, right? Invaluable actually, uh, invaluable actually means that you have value and worth beyond estimation, right? That there, there's, you, know, you can't even put a number, can't even put a, a price tag on it. It means you have unique uh, worth and, and purpose and value in God's eyes. And this is so central uh, to our uh, identity as children of God, that this one theme uh, is repeated over and over again in various ways throughout the Bible. Romans 2, tw uh, 2 tells us that we're God's masterpiece, made new in Jesus to do the good works that he uh, planned for us to do. Jeremiah in the Old Testament delivers God's message to God's people that, that God has a plan and a purpose for us that's good. Right? Psalm 139 says that it was God who uniquely knit each of us together, specifically, purposefully, in our mother's womb. Right? We, we are invaluable to God's work in the world. Okay? That, that's, that's the good news that, that I want to talk about today. You are, we are invaluable. And yet what makes this, I think, hard, th th this is just... For me, right? I think what makes this so hard for some of us to believe, uh, or, or maybe we've heard it before, uh, I think what makes this so hard for, for some of us to really embrace, because maybe we've heard that our whole life, and we've grown up in church, we go, I know, I have value in God's eyes. I think what makes this hard for maybe others of us to really embrace is the fact that when we, we look at this, you know, this thing called the church, and we look at uh, everything else 
that everybody else does, it often looks so much more important than what we might be able to do. And we think to ourselves, well, I'm not that good. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not that talented. I, I'm, I'm not that spiritual. I, I don't play any instruments. My wife doesn't even let me sing in the shower, right? I don't, you know, I don't know any Bible verses. And not only is everybody else, everybody else knows all the Bible verses, but they know how to quote them in really, you know, fancy sounding prayers. Like it can be so easy to go, well, I, I can't do that. Well, I just don't know how to do that. I can't do that. And the more we go down this path, and, and I'll be honest with you, sometimes I do. I'm, I'm the pastor of this church even, and sometimes I go down that path. I look around at all the other churches in the world, and I look around at all the other pastors in the world, and I think, well, I'm not, I'm not that good. <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm not that good, right? And so the more we go down this path, the easier it is to believe the lie, and it is a lie. The easier it is to believe the lie that has crippled too many of us for far too long. And that lie sounds like this. If I wasn't here, it wouldn't matter. Okay? If I wasn't doing my little part over here, it, it, it really wouldn't make that much of a difference to the whole. right? I, I, I'm really not that important. I don't really do much. If I was not here doing my little part, it wouldn't really matter. That's the lie that I think it is so easy for us to, to tell ourselves and to start to believe. If I wasn't here, it wouldn't matter. And the truth is, I know that feeling, which is why my hope and my prayer for each and every one of you sitting in here today, my hope and prayer for everyone watching online today is that no matter who you are, no matter what your past has been like, uh, no matter how many Bible verses that you know, or no matter how many of them you can quote in fancy sounding prayers, my prayer is that you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt, no matter what anybody told you, a parent, a coach, a, you know, your, your, your Catholic teacher in Catholic grade school, I don't care. My hope is that you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are invaluable to God's work. And so to help uh, you understand this just a little bit more, to get a little greater understanding about it, what I want to do today is, is introduce you to a metaphor uh, that the Apostle Paul uses uh, when he's writing to the Christians uh, in, the, in the city of Corinth. They were known as the Corinthians. Uh, and here's what you should know very quickly before we get to what he writes. Here's what you should know uh, about the majority of the Christians in Corinth. Corinth was a city where Paul actually uh, started the church there and, 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 and you know, taught people about who Jesus was. And they raised their hand to be follower of Jesus. And a church began to form, right? So here's what you need to know about the majority of these Christians in Corinth. Most of them were not of uh, of noble birth, as Paul even himself acknowledges in the very beginning section of this letter. He writes to them, I know you are not born of noble birth. Okay, that means that the majority of them were not from, you know, well-off, powerful um, families, you know, in that region, but most of them were actually from, you know, kind of low uh, to middle-class uh, families of just everyday, ordinary tradesmen and workers. And so perhaps... Perhaps Paul knew, as he's writing to them, as he's uh, getting this, this first church to form, perhaps Paul knew who exactly he was writing to. Perhaps he knew that these Corinthians would need a little extra encouragement, a little extra assistance in understanding and comprehending their value to God and their value to the church that was starting to form there. He must have known that, that, that maybe they would have some, some doubts 
Because here's what he writes to them. He uses a metaphor to help them understand their value. Here's what he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting in verse 14. You can follow along with me on the side screens. Here's what he writes to them. He says, the human body has many parts. This is the metaphor he's using, right? Our, our human body. He says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. Okay? Many parts, but the many parts make up one. So it is with the body of Christ. Okay, Paul wants them to understand that something uh, powerful happens when individuals, when many parts are joined together, right? He wants them un to understand that their collective identity starts to change. Think about it like this, right? All animals, if we think about the animal kingdom, okay? All animals have an individual name on their own, but when they come together with other animals like them, they have a new identity, okay? Take, for example, elephants. One elephant is called a what? That was a trick question, but you guys are good. It's called an elephant, okay? But what about a whole group of elephants? A herd. Okay, let's do lions here. One uh, lion is just a lion, but what about when there's a whole group of lions? A pride, okay? Uh, what about donkeys? Okay, tread, tread carefully on this one here, okay? What do you call a whole group of donkeys? Stumped you. It's a pace. Okay? One donkey is a donkey. A whole group of donkeys is a pace. Here's last one, maybe my favorite. I will give a prize to anybody. I'm not sure what the prize is yet, but I promise you I will give you a prize if anybody can tell me what a group of vultures is called. A committee. It's a committee of vultures. Okay, so if you are ever wondering when is Midcurrent going to start a bunch of church committees, the answer is never, uh, and this is the reason why right here. Okay, here's the point of, of this whole little animal kingdom exercise here. Being a part of a group larger than you changes, changes you, right? The, the same is true for us, okay? An individual all on their own who has committed their life uh, to Jesus is called a what? A Christian or a disciple or a follower of Jesus. But when a group of Christians come together, right? At one time, one place for one mission, what are they called? They're called a church. Or what Paul is referring to here as the body of Christ, okay? Church is not a building, okay? It's a people. The church is not what we do, right? It's, it's who we are. We are, all of us together, when we come together, we are the body of Christ. When we serve other people, we're the hands of Jesus. When we take the good news of Jesus across the street or across the world, we're the feet of Jesus. When we love other people well, we are the heartbeat of Jesus together. And there are many of us, all different, all unique, Right? Just like the many different unique parts of the human body. Together, we make up one body that is church. Okay? And so here, Paul wants the Corinthians uh, uh, to know. He, he, he wants them uh, to know uh, about this collection. Right? He, he, he wants them to know something specific. And, and here's what he wants them to know about this collection known as the body of Christ. And here's what I think that he may want you and I to know as well. Every part of the body matters. Every single part of the body of Christ matters. 
See, I, I think in a way that, that Paul knew that, that the Corinthians would or that maybe we would develop part envy. See, I, I think he must have known that we would look at the part that we play or maybe the part that we feel like we, we can play. And I think he knew that we would look around and go, man, I really wish I could play that part. Well, here, here's the part that I can do. Here, here's the part that I think I contribute. But man, I really wish I could I really wish I could play that part because that seems a whole lot more important. Well, I must not be as important because I don't do that or I don't think I ever could do that. You ever think to yourself, well, I must, I, that doesn't really matter if I'm there or not because this is really all I can contribute. This is really all I can do right now. Okay, Paul must have known that, that this would happen because here's what he writes now starting in verse 14. He says, yes, the body has many different parts not just one. Okay, now he's, he's talking again kind of about the human body. He says, if the foot says, I'm not out of the part of the body, right? I, I don't belong here. What am, what am I doing here? If I wasn't here, it wouldn't really matter. Okay, if the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not of the part of the body, I don't have anything good to offer. If I'm not here, it doesn't matter because I'm not an eye. Would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Paul can't leave this idea alone, so he keeps rolling here, right? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. Here's what he says, verse 19. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Okay? I don't know what part you are imagining in your mind right now, but either way, it would be strange. Verse 20, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Okay, one part of the body cannot say to the other, I don't need you. Why? Because every part of the body matters. The same is true with the body of Christ. Okay, and your part, whatever part it is, no matter how big, how small, your part in the body of Christ, it matters. It matters, right? Well, well I, didn't, I didn't grow up in church, right? Well, I, I've got some baggage from, from, from my past, right? Well, I'm, a, I'm pretty new to this whole thing. I don't know as much as, as everybody else, right? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I could do the, the on the stage thing and under the lights thing. Well, I'm pretty shy. I just kind of do my part over here. Whatever part you play, Whatever part you do play, whatever part you could play, whatever part you can play, you are invaluable to God's work. Okay? Now listen to what he says next, because sometimes what, what gets in our way, what trips us up, it's not just part envy. I think sometimes it's part insecurity, right? We have part, you know, like inferiority complex, right? If, if anyone has ever tempted to say, well, if I wasn't here, it wouldn't matter. Or if anyone has ever tempted to say, well, well, my part is really just kind of little, right? My, my part really just doesn't matter, right? Anybody could do it, right? I'm not that important, right? If anyone is ever tempted to say that, listen to what Paul says next in verse 22. He's trying to communicate the fact that every part matters. He wants the Corinthians to know. He wants the, us to know every part matters. And then he says this, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and seem the least important are actually the most necessary. 
There's some parts that, 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 are, you know, that seem weak, seem unimportant, that, that they're unseen. He's going, man, th- th- those are sometimes actually the most necessary. What's he saying? Right? When it comes to our work together as the body of Christ, what might he be trying to tell us about all the different parts that we play? I think he might be trying to say this, that just because what you do isn't visible, it doesn't mean it isn't absolutely vital. Right? Just because what you do doesn't seem like it's the most important or doesn't seem the most public or doesn't seem the most flashy, just because what you do isn't visible, it does not mean that it isn't absolutely vital to the body of Christ. Well, I just set up chairs, right? Nobody even knows I'm here. Well, I just brew the coffee. I just press the buttons on the lights. I just, you know, I just give a little online here and there. You know what? I, I, I've just committed to praying for my living room. Well, I just work downstairs with the kids. I just volunteered that one time for the one thing, for the one event that you did. Well, I just, I just, I just, right? Well, I, I just do that. I don't, I just, I just do that. I don't do anything important, okay? Here's what you need to know. Just because what you do isn't visible, it does not mean that it isn't vital, In fact, I have always been a firm believer. I've said it around here before. I've always been a firm believer that it's the things that nobody sees that actually results in the things that everybody wants, that everybody appreciates, that everybody is impacted by. Okay, it's your prayers that that, that nobody sees, right, that actually results in the things that everybody benefits from. It's your generosity that nobody sees. It's your early mornings setting up that nobody sees. It's your late afternoons tearing down. It's your work behind closed doors and your work behind the scenes, right? It's the call that you made on Wednesday night or that's the note that you wrote to somebody new or the follow-up that you did with somebody new on, on, on Monday afternoon, right? It's those things and so many others that nobody sees that I think actually results in the spaces and the opportunities for God to meet real everyday people in really powerful, powerful ways. So many parts that make up the whole and every part matters. And then Paul kind of brings this section to a close. Verse 27, he says, all of you together, everyone, all of you, okay? All of you together, seen and unseen, you know, big parts or little parts, public or private, young or old, first timer, you know, long timer, He says, all of you together are Christ's body. You're his hands, you're his feet, you're his mouth, you're his heart, you're his eyes, you're his ears. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you, he's saying, you got to know this, each of you is a part of it. Folks, I I want you to know that you absolutely have got a part to play. You are a valuable, valuable, valuable part of this thing that we call the body of Christ, okay? And you need to know every part matters. Your part matters a great deal. And here's why that matters. Here's why your part matters. Because if you do your part, then we can do our part. If you do your part, we, all, all, all of us, mid-current, all of us collectively, as, as a church, as a body of Christ here, we can do our part. If you do your part, we can do our part, the part that we believe God has called us to play here. So what's our part? What, what, what is that part that we believe God has called us to play? Well, we started this church three years ago believing that, that maybe, just maybe, our part was to create a different kind of church. 
right? A church for people who, who don't currently go to church or who had given up on church or maybe never set foot in church or for people that just hadn't found a church that helped them to see Jesus more clearly or to start following him more closely, right? We, we felt like our part was in, in creating spaces and opportunities and environments for real everyday people and a real God to meet, right? Our, our part is meeting more needs in this community, which we want to do more and more and more with each new year, right? Our part is, is strengthening marriages and strengthening families and partnering with families to help parents win at home, okay? Our part is investing in kids in any way we can, Right, to help the youngest ones among us know of God's incredible love for them. Our part you know, is in you know, equipping and empowering and mentoring students and teenagers, which is something that we want to do more of here. Our part has to be equipping students and teenagers to be the men and the women that God has called them to be. Our part is reaching more people for Jesus and teaching people as best we can to live more like him. Because we really believe that if we can do all of that, we really believe that in this world would start to change. Our community might start to change. And that's the part that we believe God has called us to play. And so the question is, what is your part? Right? What's your part? Right? Is your part to, 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 to play or, or sing or, or preach? Right? Do you have some gift that you, you, you need us to know about? You're going like, well, I, yeah, I should really probably say something to them about that, right? Do you have a heart to, to connect with kids, right? Do, do you have the ability to engage with students and teenagers, right? Or are, are you built to lead or to plan or to organize or to manage or to, to unleash? Okay, is your expertise hospitality, uh, creating warm and welcoming environments for guests? Maybe you're at your best when you roll up your sleeves and, and you just roll it or haul it or stack it or build it or move it or break it down. Okay, maybe God has gifted you financially. You may not have a ton of time right now, but right now you can give generously of your resources so that God's work can expand here. Right? Or maybe you would consider yourself to be a prayer warrior behind closed doors, on your knees every day. Right? You love to spend regular time on your knees asking for God's blessing in the world and in the church and in this community. Whatever your part is, big or little, seen or unseen, public or private, here's the exciting news. If you do your part, we can do our part, right? Because every part of the body matters. And so if you do your part, we can do our part. The flip side is also true. If you don't do your part, we can't do our part as much as we might hope we would, right? You ever had an arm or a leg uh, fall asleep, right? It's awful. I mean, it's like a moment of, of, of temporary, you know, paralyzation, right? If my left arm falls asleep, my right arm has to do all the work to put my left arm where it needs to go. Okay, and therefore, it's not doing anything else that it could be doing. It's not doing anything else that it was designed to do. It's simply taking care of the part of the body that isn't working the way it was meant to. The same is true for, for this, this thing that we are a part of known as the body of Christ, right? And, and if the rest of the body is having to work harder just to fill in the gaps, just to fill in for, for the parts of the body that isn't working right or isn't working at all, that means that there's something that's not being done, right? That there's some thing that isn't being accomplished. There's some need that isn't being met. There's some teenager that isn't being mentored. There, there's some stomach that isn't being filled. There's some single mom that isn't being supported. There's some life that maybe isn't being changed. 
Because here's what I really believe, that God has designed each of us to do something so much more than to just kind of pick up the slack or to just fill in the gaps so that, so that the body of, of Christ at mid-current can just, can just exist for another day. Right? I, I believe that, that God has designed us and, and equipped us and called us each, each of us, each of you uniquely. Right? He, he's given each of us a specific uh, purpose, a specific part to play in the body of Christ so that the church can, can actually begin to thrive, not just survive, right? Jesus' great commission was not for the church uh, to, to, to just exist. It was for the church to expand. Go, baptize in my name. His great commission was for the church to expand to the ends of the earth, not just to exist. And if you do your part, we can do our part. As the local church and as the body of Christ that God has called us to be. And the good news is, when we all do our part, the lost will be found, lives will be changed, stomachs will be filled, friendships will be formed, marriages will be saved, families will be strengthened, teenagers will, will, will be empowered, addictions may be overcome, hurts could be healed, right? And good news, God's good news for us will be delivered. And that is exactly what we are all about. Midcurrent, people watching here today, people watching online this morning or at any time during the week. I, I want you to know you are invaluable, invaluable to God's work and the body of Christ here at Midcurrent, the body of Christ here in this community, the body of Christ uh, in this world, it will not be the same and it won't be as effective without you. You are invaluable to God's work in the world. Let me pray. God, we give you thanks uh, for the opportunity to, to be here uh, this morning. God, our world is, 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 is different right now, and, and, and sometimes it's just moments uh, like this. To come together uh, with others physically in one place, to set our hearts and our minds on you, God. Sometimes that can um, put so much wind in our sails. And so, God, for, for, for those here with us today, I, I'm praying that we would experience uh, the, the, the excitement and the encouragement, God, of being here together. God, for those watching online, um, we're, we're just glad to still be one community together, God, because no matter where it is that we are, no matter where it is that we're watching from, no matter what, what day of the week, we, we are uh, tuning in to, you know, to this experience here, God. The good news is, is that together, collectively, all of us, everywhere, we are the body of Christ. We are your church. And God, we're honored and, and privileged to have been called here to this place, to, to western Wisconsin, to the St. Croix Valley, God. And so we're praying that you might help each of us to know individually what it is that you have created us and designed us to do. God, for anyone here who's going, geez, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I'm not sure, I've never known. God, would you speak to them in, in really clear uh, and powerful ways, God, about what it is that you have equipped them to do? Would you speak to them in really clear ways about what part they might play in this thing that is known as the body of Christ? God, for all of us, whether we know or not, whether we're asking you to be clear to us or not, would you help us uh, to have the courage, to have the boldness, to continue to step up, to be the people that you have called us to be? Not just on Sunday, God. This is not a one day of the week kind of thing. God, Monday, uh, you know, through the next Monday, God, seven days a week, we are the body of Christ. We, we, we are the church. 
And we want to continue to reach out so that other people would know the good news about your son, Jesus. So God, help us to, to be the best expression of the body of Christ here in the St. Croix Valley that we can be. And God, we're praying, uh, if we can do our part, God, we, we pray that you would just blow us away with the part that, that, that you will play, God, in this community and in lives and in families. So we give ourselves to you, God, and we pray that you might do amazing things beyond our imagination here in our families, here in our lives, here in our community, and here in this church. And we pray these things in your name. Amen. Hey, well, we are really glad to have you here. We're glad to have you tuning in uh, online, if that's where you're watching from today. Uh, we're going to continue week three uh, in this series, I'm In, uh, next Sunday. Uh, we'd really be glad to have you back. Uh, other than that, have a great rest of the week, and uh, we will see you again soon. God bless you guys.